sorry, I got pulled away for just a moment. Could you just recap briefly what you guys just talked about? Talking about the Yoda Dooku duel. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Holonet Marauders podcast. I'm joined here today by two regulars of Dex's Diner, Jamie and Matt. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. How's that uh, Ronto roast you're working on over there, or Java Juice? It's just Java Juice, actually. That Java Juice and Java Juice oh, okay. only. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> no imported Ronto roast? Maybe, if we're feeling it. Okay. Who goes to a diner and orders a shot? I just realized that. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi does that, apparently. <laughs> and we're also joined... By the first member of the, the two-time club here at Holonet Marauders. Uh, he's just a simple man, just trying to make his way in the galaxy. Jack. Hello. I mean, hello there. Wrong, hey, wrong there episode, but thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Glad to have yeah, you back, you, Jack. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited because today's topic is Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. The clones attacketh. The only thing, the first thing I think of when I hear that title is the um, the journalists cornering Ian McGregor on the red carpet and telling him in person live what the title of the next Star Wars movie is. They like revealed it to him. He didn't know. Oh my God. And, the first, and you see his face go through like the steps and then all of a sudden he goes, really? <laughs> That's the name? I'll, I'll Very fitting for visible confusion. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, That's yes. why it's I'm great. Here. You can look it up. It's awesome. Oh man, this this movie. We always talk about how Phantom Menace is like ripe for the memes, but Attack of the Clones, ooh, ripe for oh, the memes. Man. Like, yeah, I, can't even begin. I have so, oh, so many so many memes. feelings about this movie. It is insane. That's fair. That yeah. is fair. I think we're all I think we're all in the same boat with that. I mean, the only reason today we're really talking about it is just to we're working through all the movies eventually, just to do a deep dive of what we like, what we don't like, and that's it. What we don't like, how dare you? Well, there's oh, probably well, I mean, a few If there's one movie there. to have a few things. <laughs> so I guess we'll do this sort of like we did our Phantom Menace episode where we, we kind of went around and said like one thing we, we really like about Attack of the Clones. Does that work with everybody? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Are we going to have a fist fight over Dex's Diner? Because I'm pretty sure that's on the top of... At spoiling least three it. of our lists. Spoilers. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Possibly. So this is like famous thing in general, just like anything about it, or just like famous scene, favorite scene, or what? Anything, I guess. Um, it could be anything. I don't know. Like, it could be a favorite scene. It could be a favorite thing. I don't know. Yeah. But okay. I guess we'll we usually start with our guest, so we'll start with Jack. Oh, good. Sounds like a mine stolen because mine is definitely <laughs> the best one. Once you hear it, uh, for me. Um, my favorite is the interaction between Obi-Wan and Jango, mainly the fight on the dock of Kamino into the asteroid belt fight, uh, in space. Uh, yes. the main yeah. thing that sends it over the top, uh, is that wonderful seismic charge. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. that sound is like the best part of the entire movie. It makes up for so much <laughs> in my mind just because of how much I love that sound. Um, uh, but I love that. 
you get to see a Mandalorian in full, uh, you know, at, at full full power. Like now we know he's an actual foundling, so it's funny to kind of go back and rewatch this with the context of Mandalorian season two, knowing that Jango was an actual foundling, foundling, and um, uh, getting to see like like the the jetpack for the first time firing it off. Like he's got the dual blasters. He's he's roping up a Jedi, classic Mando move. Just seeing them, but you know, it, it, when Obi Wan does that thing where he's like, you know. Move trying to like uh, force push uh, Django with to, like like the two fingers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. That's one of my favorite meme gifts of like, like him like doing that, and then like you see like a kitten or something like slip and fall, like like oh, <laughs> kills me every yeah. time. I love how like that's like literally one of the best scenes of the movie, but you can also so easily just flip it and it's immediately just a joke, <laughs> which is, it's it yep. stinks, but at the same time it's like oh well yeah we got the both sides of this. I love everything leading up to that as well. Obviously, with um, little Daniel Logan with the... Ooh, yep. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yep. I, I was going to say that the second best sound in that scene is all of Daniel Logan's commentary. <laughs> Dad, don't you <laughs> get <him>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. Young Boba Fett. And, and speaking of Boba Fett, what you described about how, like, seeing Django, like, the jetpack fire up and seeing, like, a Mandalorian at full, you know, really, that was the first time we'd ever seen that. People talk all the time about how, like, cool Boba Fett was, but we really never got to see that in the movies too much. And this almost seems like an apology from George Lucas. Like, all right, I'll put uh, Boba Mm -hmm. Fett's dad, and he, uh, Jango Fett, he got the same armor, and he does the same stuff, but it's more action-y now, and I'm not going to kill him off in the Sarlacc. I feel like you've said that before about the clones also, because it's like, you guys like Boba Fett? All right, I'm going to make all the clones of Boba Fett. No, dude, legit. Like, <laughs> George Lucas sat down, he's like, oh, you guys like Boba Fett? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Here's all the clones and also another <laughs> Boba Fett, and he's blue this time. Please forgive me. <laughs> but it works. It works. I love Django. Django was, like, one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. I loved him. Same. Absolutely. Yeah, Django really steals the show in this movie, and... Him, you know, him ending up being all the clones. I am all the clones is <laughs> is pretty crazy, and I guess that kind of leads into my favorite part. I guess I'll just step in here and make sure no one steals my thing. Right, I'll, I'll give one of you guys Dex's diner. So, all right, Jamie, you get Dex's um, diner. Okay. This is kind of similar to Jack's, but the just Obi Wan's whole detective case here of tracking down the saber dart and whatnot, which starts with Dex's diner and then saber so on, dart. but. That's kind of just my favorite part of the movie. I've I've gone back well, and watched what this are you movie. And... Oh. We're not talking about Dex's diner here. Not yet, not yet. Sorry, <laughs> keep cutting cutting AJ off. Obi Wan being a It's okay. It's okay. It's understandable. We're all we're all excited for Attack of the Clones. It's just awesome to see Obi Wan go through the galaxy and kind of just go on this quest. He he can't find the planet. He goes to Yoda, and I'm all for detective stories. So if you give me a Star Wars detective story, there we go. And and this is pretty much that. He goes to Yoda. So, a little kid tells him where to go. Yeah, Liam. I think it was Liam. 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 Liam gets the shades or the lights. Who is named after Liam Neeson? <laughs> this is true. I, right. I love that entire little scene though, when Obi Wan goes to talk to Yoda and Yoda's teaching the younglings, because it's something we don't really <laughs> see much of until, like, obviously, Revenge of the Sith, and they all get murdered. But um, yeah. I, I love this scene though, because you just have all the kids, and they're all just like, "Hey, hello, hey, Obi Wan," and it's just so cute, and I, it's just. It's a perfect scene, and it also just illustrates like Yoda perfectly as well. Even though obviously prequel Yoda is mm, questionable. Dunking on Obi Wan Kenobi is like the best thing, right? Yeah, I, I love the that. planet Master <laughs> Kenobi has. How embarrassing! <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was good. 
Thank that you. was really good. <laughs> I love in that scene also Yoda just says, uh, hmm, a thought? I like that's like one of my like favorite like Loki like quotes, just a thought? Question mark. Like it's <laughs> it's just funny. I love oh, that scene. He, it's it's also a really good piece of world building too, because you know, like mm. as a kid, uh putting myself in the in the shoes of the Star Wars universe, I was always hoping like, okay, well like what would I do if I was being taught by Jedi? Like getting to see like, okay, they're doing what Luke did. And that kind of helps explain uh, why Obi-Wan made him uh, try to block blaster bolts without seeing them. Right. Um, yeah. More than just yeah. trying to attune to the force. It helps show like, oh no, this is, he's trying to riff on the old training. Yeah. Good to see the fundamentals actually like happening. Yeah. Exactly. Treat him like a youngling. <laughs> yeah. And the, that's kind of what the prequels do best, um, what Jack mentioned, is the world building. They, you know, we we rank on them here and there, but, like, the world building's awesome. And uh, I know this isn't really a moment, and my turn is, like, come and gone, but <laughs> the seeing Coruscant in Attack of the Clones is, like, the, my favorite time we see Coruscant. And, yeah, you know, we get, yeah. we get to see that little bar at the beginning, Sam Wessel here and there, and I don't know, you just see the happenings of Coruscant, the... The angry traffic and whatnot. I do the the sequence where you know Obi Wan jumps and grabs the droid and flies through you know the course yeah. yeah. nightlife is so good. I would I probably that. list that as my favorite if I didn't already have you know a favorite thing about Attack of the Clones. It reminds me that uh, and this does tie into AJ's thing still since it's uh, part of the the whole detective story. Like it ties into how Obi Wan chastises Anakin a lot for being reckless or for, for thinking too quickly. And not thinking enough yeah. and, and just jumping right. into things. And then he literally does exactly that. And then he's like, ah, oh, let me yeah. jump out this window real quick. Oh, and, and it goes to that line with him and Obi-Wan, uh, him and uh, Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, where he's like, was I not reckless when I was his age? Yeah. That, like, it, it's it, there's a lot of good ties. Because you don't yeah. see a good lot point, of the yeah. recklessness when Obi-Wan is like 25, right? In Phantom Menace, you don't see a lot of the recklessness, mostly because Qui-Gon just constantly tells him to stay on the ship which is a bummer, <laughs> but you don't really ever see Obi-Wan getting into like these crazy hijinks. Um, so it is good to see, you know, 35 year old Obi-Wan jumping out of windows and doing crazy stuff. It makes sense though. I mean, just to like talk about like really quick, like Obi-Wan being reckless, like that's like half the plot of Master and Apprentice is Obi-Wan is pretty freaking reckless. Yeah, <laughs> like all he wants true. to do is fly the ship. And so that's, that's yeah. And he gets mad at, at Qui-Gon. That's great. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about that another time, but that is a phenomenal book. Matt, you go ahead. So you guys probably know what I'm going to say, because um, it's not really a scene. It's more of like a mood or a feeling uh, that Attack of the Clones gives me. Um, I say this all the time. You know that Attack of the Clones is the ultimate rainy day movie. And I don't mean that because it rains on Camino. I mean, anytime <laughs> I'm feeling like lazy or just like in a chill mood and there's like a light drizzle outside and it's like warm. I'll sit down and I'll just turn on Attack of the Clones. And I'll watch it like on a continuous loop. Like I'll just leave it on in the background while I do things or, you know, while I'm just chilling on my phone or something. Because it's just such a calm movie. I think it's the most calm of all Star Wars movies. It's just so chill. There's a lot of like just little scenes of people sitting around in meadows and in front of waterfalls. and It's just Sitting nice. around on gunships, yeah. blasting a bunch of droids. Yeah, yeah. get them, get them. <laughs> No, it's it's honestly it's it's so like chill until like the last big battle of Geonosis. The only real like huge action set piece is is the battle in the on Geonosis with the rings and everything. 
uh, in the ring with the asteroids and everything. Mm. Other than that, you know, a lot of it is just like Anakin and Padme sitting around having some nice little conversations. And I like that. sand. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, as much as I don't care for the content of the conversations, I like where they take place. Naboo is a very scenic, very cool, calm place. And I'll always say that uh, this movie is definitely like, gives off some really chill vibes. And I dig it. Yeah. So I tried... I tried really hard to just find a quick, uh, you know, what are some things I'm missing? What are some things that actually are accurate or, or, or like hold up better than uh, you might think on first glance? And one of the things that's always been a big problem for me is uh, Anakin and Padme's relationship. You know, uh, it, it doesn't quite work for me. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's fine. You know, like there's clearly time in between that we see in the clone wars that helps really cement their relationship beyond just something that forms over a stressful situation. But a really good point was made in that um, Anakin has been solid in, in solidly in Jedi training for about 10 years now. And then he comes back and he doesn't know how to deal with a, with a, with a lady that he's crushing on. Like he doesn't know how to deal with these feelings. He's been told to suppress them and, especially since he's just been nose to the books uh, for so long, it really makes sense why he's so awkward and just mm-hmm. wooden because that's, he doesn't know how to interact with a woman. And um, it, it, it kind of turned the whole thing around for me. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, that, that doesn't quite seem so hollow anymore to me. That's a good point. Yeah. I never, Awkward, really thought of it that way, I guess. Awkward yeah. teenage Anakin trying to flirt his way uh, yeah. into, you know, the senator's heart, as it were. If you think you had better game than uh, I, I hate sand or I killed them, uh, all of them, the men, the women, <laughs> and the children. If you think you've got better lines than that uh, in, in middle school, no, come at me. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Awesome. We have our two with us. <laughs> I don't understand why they laugh so hard at that, but that's that's a different thing. Let me see. So my favorite scene, we've already mentioned a couple times, Dex's Diner, right? Um, it, it is Dex's Diner, but I actually want to talk about something else. But quickly about Dex's Diner. Why is a 50s diner in the middle of Coruscant, first of all? Ooh, that's that's because big George question. Lucas has a, awesome. has a huge affinity for uh, 50s culture. You know. Um, yeah, like so like that American side graffiti. makes sense. But in universe, George, excuse me, what are you trying to do? Um, but, yeah, when were anyway, the space fifties? Anyway. When, when was the space fifties? I want to know. Yeah, I want to walk around Coruscant and see people with like the pompadours or like the greaser sick. jackets. Dex's mustache makes me uncomfortable. I just oh yes. So then we don't even. So you walk in the Dex's diner first of all, and it's the uh, the robot droid who is just like, oh, there's someone here, and then it pans to Dex himself, and then there's the waitress next to them, which is like a stereotypical Obi-Wan. like waitress in a diner, and then oh, and then um Dex himself, who's uh, Basilisk, in which we've all, the only one we've ever seen, I believe, really is like Pong Krell, right? Um, but like right. Dex yeah. has this mustache, and every time yeah. you look at him, you notice another detail about him. Like he has a mustache, he has like a bunch of braids, he has like extra hair coming out of the side of him. There's like a little flamingo on his t-shirt. It's just, it's insane. <laughs> like what is this? He's the best, but he's the worst. <laughs> Dex's design is so like just randomly intricate. It, it it's like really, really detailed, and yeah, for like a for like a side character who has like one scene where he's just spouting off exposition. 
Like the the amount of work that the design team went into creating him is immense and it pays off. I mean, like you said, you look at him and every time you look at him, you see something new. Yeah. It's, it's the best. It's insane. I, I absolutely love it though. And I adore watching that scene every single time because you get the background characters in and out, which are really cool to just see the other uh, just regular prequel aliens that you would expect. And then... I don't know. Yeah, there's the dog walking around, and there's a few other, like, smaller aliens and whatnot, and then regular people in and out. And I just love, like, seeing this, this extra layer of Coruscant. It goes back to, I just love the world building in this movie, and I just love seeing Mm -hmm. Coruscant, and we don't really revisit it again in any of the other, like, sequels, or obviously not in the originals, which which is cool, because you just see it in this, like, one, like, time period, so maybe... This is the 50s of Coruscant, and then years later, oh. <laughs> we're in the 50s. <laughs> I really want to know, like, did Obi-Wan, like, go there with Qui-Gon, like, growing up? Like, what's that backstory? Like, why oh, yeah. why is he yeah, so, yeah. like, close with, with uh, Dex? Like, what's going on? It's, well, you think uh, he was, know. like, a prospector. Like, Dex clearly is a traveled man, and this is his, like, yeah. retirement business. So he must have run into the two of them on, on some adventure. Right. Um, I would have loved to have seen that like Masters and Master and Apprentice <laughs> or something like that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. That would have been unreal. I pretty much have no doubt that we will see Dex again. Because as we yeah. know, Charles Soule loves Dex. So yeah. maybe he'll include him in some sort of thing. But my other favorite scene in this movie though, um, something that I don't know, might be expected but not expected is I love uh the clones arriving on Geonosis because it's when you really first like see them in action and the Jedi showing up. Now, the scene at face level is a nightmare, but every single time I see like the clones like fly in on the gunships and Yoda create a perimeter around them, we shall or whatever he says. And a forward perimeter around the survivors create. Yes. That's <laughs> what <laughs> Which is not how Yoda talks. And the, no, it's the not. Clothes are just like, who is this guy? Like, what is going yeah, on? Right? But like, <laughs> I, I just love it though because you never really see like that many Jedi at once like fighting like that, and it's just like a really cool thing to see. Even though they're all just like swinging wildly at nothing, and then we have like this silly side plot of like three PO's head is on a battle droid, and he yells, "Die, Jedi dogs!" And oh, this is such a drag. R2 dragging him away. <laughs> oh my god, he's throwing out puns left and right. Can you imagine if you're a friggin' clone, right? You spend however long you you spent training, and then your first battle, this this frog goblin shows up and is like, hey, yeah. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk backwards orders at you guys. You better do them. You're like, this like, is what I trained for. This is why I'm here. Absolutely insane. Like, if you just like think about it, how the Republic um, as we know it, like, found out about the clone army. So we have, like, Obi-Wan talking to Lama Su, and he's like, oh, Master sifo ordered these clones for the Republic. And Obi-Wan's like, huh? The visible confusion thing? And then <laughs> immediately after, Obi-Wan tells Mace Windu and Yoda, and they're just like, all right, cool, we have an army. And, like, they don't, it's not brought up again that they're aware yep. that they have the army until Yoda literally shows up on Geonosis with the army. So, like, what, what the heck was that scene? Like, Yoda arrives like on Kabino, and it's just like, hey, I need all of you right now. Like, And I, I forget where I read <laughs> like, it, but I read it somewhere that back in the day, you know, people watching the prequels, they thought the clones being the good guys was like a twist, like a good twist to put on like, oh, wow, I mean, the, the white armored guy, you know, the white armored guys are now the good guys. They're fighting on the good side, you know? 
they're basically stormtroopers. Yeah, especially with the end uh, shot with them all marching and you get the, oh, yeah. the, the Imperial March just like right there. Hits you over the head. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to see them stormtroopers fighting with Jedi, you know, it's like, whoa. From the perspective of someone who didn't necessarily grow up being really, really into Star Wars, um, I honestly always thought that all white armored characters were like the same. Like, I did not know there were differences between stormtroopers and clone troopers at the time. Like, I, I had no idea. So like, yeah, that would be a big twist to like someone who like isn't really as like in tune with it. Because like, if you're not paying attention, you don't really notice the details kind of thing. But obviously... We we notice the details, but like from like someone who isn't really as in tune with everything about Star Wars, it's just like, oh, those are stormtroopers. They're probably bad, Um, and they like won't make that connection. So yeah, I can see that being like a really good twist. Well, the clones uh, use blue. um, I think that no, uh, I can say at least as far as Episode One, there's a neat inversion in terms of the color palette of of the enemy blasters in the original Mm -hmm. trilogy is green and it's red for the rebels, Uh, and then in Episode One, I can definitely guarantee. Uh, it's it's flipped, and the droids are using red beams, and the uh, the Naboo starfighters are using green, uh, mm. and like those are the. It's right. funny you mentioned that because those little those little like d- details, color choices, things like that, always were things I paid way too much attention to as a kid, being uh, a, a Star <laughs> Wars fan from a young age. Yeah, that's really funny. I mean, like it's yeah. just something to like always like think about. It's like how like. Um... One thing that bothers me because you're so in tune with like Star Wars series, like if you think about like Harry Potter, the good guys are red and the bad guys are green, and it's like, wait a second, wait a second. It's like yeah. what's yeah. going on? Wait a that. second. <laughs> you know they did that on purpose too because they're oh like, yeah, that uh, worked for Star Wars. Can't be like Star Wars. We got to do we got to do the opposite. One thing that always bothers me is Sifo DS. Uh, yes, just ah. he yes. just comes out of nowhere. I I know they've worked to like fix him in Clone Wars. Um, and like like make him more interesting spoilers for clone wars but uh i mean it's been a while and you should definitely check that out that's a great arc but yeah at the same time i just feel it overcomplicated it because as a kid i'm like wait wait whoa, whoa, whoa. who is oh, this yeah. and was i supposed to know him because i was paid I've, I've watched episode one many times and leading up to two and i have no idea what you're talking about i i, I have a question for you guys would it have been better and possibly destroyed the character if qui-gon had orchestrated it or like been the catalyst when i was little uh when the movie came out however old i was um i literally thought sifo diaz was somehow like a code name for qui-gon me too you mentioned that yeah it it always struck me as just really strange like where is this guy coming from i you know i i never thought of that but it could be a i mean it would have been a good way I feel like a lot of people think that Qui-Gon was underutilized in the prequels, me mm-hmm. included. I, I wish yeah. Qui-Gon had made it. But I think it would have been a cool way to tie things back into Qui-Gon and to have him still be a part of things. Yeah. You know? Because he really, unfortunately, he really isn't mentioned. Again, they added in the um, the Blu-ray special editions, they added his voice in episode two. Yeah. Right? When uh, Anakin is slaughtering all the Tusken Raiders. Um, oh. And when Yoda, when Yoda hears it afterwards, uh, it's played Anything, again. No. Yeah, meditating. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it, but it's like a it's like cut from the Phantom Menace. Like it's not even new lines. They literally took mm-hmm. sound bites from the Phantom Menace and like cut and pasted them into Attack of the Clones. But yeah, I don't know if it would have. It kind of probably actually would have taken me um, out of Qui Gon a little bit because Sifo Dyas is like I don't know kind of rash he's going out of his way to like 
order an army behind the Jedi's back instead of being like, hey, guys, you know, there might be an impending war. We should work to stop it. Instead, he's like, we got to order an army. Well, I, was, you know? I think of how much Obi-Wan criticized him for not following the Council's ideals. And uh, it always struck me like, oh, I mean, like if anyone was going to and be well-meaning about it, it'd probably be Qui-Gon to go against their like to go behind their back. True, but I don't know if it's in Qui-Gon's nature to think that he could solve an upcoming war just by building an army. Right. But no, that's a great question. That had me thinking. No, that is good. And I mean, later on, Dooku claims like Qui-Gon would have taken Dooku's side in this situation. So it's... Which was a bold claim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right? Bold claim. We haven't even talked about Dooku. While we were doing like the rewatch of this, which by the way, we only watched the first half of it because we got distracted halfway through and went shopping. But anyway, um, with we haven't even talked about Dooku. In the opening crawl, they literally list Dooku as the mysterious Count Dooku. And it's like Yeah, yeah he is pretty mysterious, but I mean like we know who he is. Like we were talking about how the whole reveal of him being Darth Tyrannus is like a huge reveal, but it's just like yeah, you saw it's coming. It reminds me of when I was a kid, and I, for some reason, I didn't pay attention to actors or anything, and I didn't realize that uh, Ian McDermott was playing the same character he had played, and like the the connection of Palpatine to Palpatine hadn't quite s- stuck yet. And it was in episode two when I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's just oh, he's Darth Sidious." Like that was my own like internal like I should have gotten that way sooner, but then I finally that's got it. Moment. <laughs> And I feel the same way about Darth Tyrannus because I don't know. I just didn't pay attention quite close enough. And I remember telling a friend and being like, like, like explaining my theory. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's really obvious. Why didn't you, why didn't you get that? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I don't know. There's no question that as a kid, I did not at all understand any plot point in Attack of the Clones. I was watching purely for the spectacle because I could not follow <laughs> yeah. that plot at all. But the funny thing you mentioned about the opening crawl says the mysterious Count Dooku, right? And mm-hmm. then in, like, the second scene in the movie, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Count Dooku used to be a Jedi. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That wasn't very mysterious at all. It probably should have said mysterious Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Tyrannus they is the mystery man. But the, something else I learned, there's a lot of twists in this movie, or there's supposed to be a lot twisty. of twists in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if they really worked, but they're supposed to be very twisty. Um, the reveal at the end that Count Dooku is Darth Tyrannus is supposed to be like a big twist. Like it's supposed to be like, oh my God, Darth Tyrannus is Count Dooku. He's been doing this the whole time. Oh my God. Originally, George Lucas had a scene where Count Dooku like captures Anakin and Padme and he like makes his intentions clear. And it's very clear that he's like a villain villain, right? Like a really, like a bad guy. He's he's a Sith. Um, But George Lucas cut that out and instead put in the scene, the interrogation scene with Obi-Wan which is like one of the last scenes they filmed like uh, in reshoots, in like additional photography, because he wanted to make Count Dooku more ambiguous as to whose side he's really on, because Count Dooku is asking Obi-Wan, you know, join me, let's destroy the Sith. You know, the Sith are controlling the, uh, the Senate. And it's like, oh, okay. It makes, no, it makes no sense, really. And then Clone Wars adds a lot of things to the prequels, obviously, but I think it, it changes that whole Attack of the Clones thing of Dooku wants to take down the Sith and it's like what side is he on because in the attack uh we've talked about this before but Clone Wars Dooku's super evil Dooku's he's a like jerk. a totally different character mm. he's a yeah. very evil guy and he's not supposed to come off as like super evil in either I mean either of the movies he's in he, he he's just you know he's the bad guy but he's not like 
He's got he's classy. A jerk. Yeah, he's a classy guy. Very. Classy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He comes from royalty, so like for him to be in the middle of this conflict is just so uh, unbecoming for him. I, I imagine uh, the way even the way he yeah. holds his lightsaber in like that like fencing guard like oh, it's yeah. just so good. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, another revelation that I had in my search to find good things to talk about episode one because it, it really is a movie that I find to be very messy. Wait, hang on. Of episode one or of episode two? Because you said episode, episode one, and I'm, I'm a sorry. little confused. I'm sorry. I meant to say two. Uh, I got confused. But yeah, Dooku, and, Dooku v. Yoda, uh, mano a mano. Uh, that, that fight always was like, I remember hearing Yoda, like Yoda's battle cry for the first time. And I'm like, what is happening right now? But <laughs> someone suggested, couldn't it be that when they're like having their little force off, um, and he absorbs that lightning. Uh, that was always cool for me because I played the Jedi Knight games relentlessly as a kid. So I was like, oh, he's using Force Absorb. Um, <laughs> but, well, if he absorbs something like a massive bolt of energy, couldn't he then harness that to like go super, like like to be able to have more strength than is normal for his age? Um, it is referenced earlier that he is a known swordsman, given Obi-Wan's uh, comparison to Anakin's wit. But right. I always like that as an idea of like, oh, maybe he was like supercharged Yoda, but he does he does fight somewhat similarly against uh, Sidious in three. Now that I think about it, I know Matt has a lot to say on the on that matter. He probably you know he'll echo your thoughts on that. But sorry, I got pulled away for just a moment. Could you just recap briefly what you guys just talked about? Jack was talking about the Yoda Dooku duel. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Talking about how uh, how silly I found it, but maybe it makes a little more sense if if he was absorbing uh, Dooku's lightning. I never really bought that. I like the idea of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he absorbs the lightning and then gets energy and starts fighting. Um, I don't know. I never really in- I never really enjoyed the Yoda duel. I think it's flashy for flashy's sake. <laughs> me, um, me too. I have the same problem with it. Kid Kid Matt really enjoyed it. Like I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, oh my god, you know. Yoda hopping around and doing flips and stuff. That's like my jam. Um, But now when I'm like looking at Yoda in the original trilogy and it's like power doesn't have to come from like these crazy sword fights. It comes from just like, you know, being controlled and centered. I don't know. It just kind of clashes. And I think I'm not a huge fan of CG Yoda in general. I always count like there's two characters. There's puppet Yoda and then there's CG Yoda. CG Yoda does like crazy flips and like stabs clones in the chest and slices their heads off and fights Dooku. And then puppet Yoda, he's more chill. He's, I like the chill, as you can tell. He's a little goof. Um, Yeah. That's what I was referring to earlier when I was like, yeah, there's a lot going on with Yoda, but we're not going to talk about that yet. That's what I mean, like puppet versus CG Yoda. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really appreciated that they tried in episode one with that. And I never agreed with the idea of having it be CGI. Like, like, yeah, it fits the other two, but oh. I, I much preferred the, the Muppet, Muppet Yoda. Oh, mm. don't even get me started. Oh, yeah. on <laughs> Puppet Yoda from episode one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have my you seen God. our podcast logo? <laughs> if you, okay. So I will I'll say I have a Puppet Yoda shirt. Uh, an episode one puppet Yoda shirt, vintage tie dye, very cool for 1999. <laughs> I wear it to celebration. I wear it probably too much, maybe like three of the four days I'm there. <laughs> I wear, you wear it like a lot. He, he, did, wa- he did wash thing, it though. So. He did wash it. <laughs> I implore anybody, uh, if 
if you if you come find me come come find me in that shirt you'll you'll know me i was the only one wearing it i was disappointed that nobody else was wearing a shirt like that um but anyway back to back to episode two i'm sorry i'm just laughing because i'm remembering the entire situation going to have to do laundry and you guys pretty much had to go to the dark basement and it was like what's going on here no, anyway anyway dude sorry La- that's adventures in laundry world that's, adventures yeah, in laundry world in chicago picture the elevator down to exegol but it was a crusty basement in chicago full, full cobwebs one thing okay back back on track one thing i really enjoy um is during the fight with Dooku and Yoda, uh, the the Yoda stand-in, they put fangs on him <laughs> because uh, Christopher Lee, who played Count Dooku, also played Count oh, Dracula, right. which is kind of where you know the name <laughs> Count Dooku is from. Uh, it's just really funny when they wheel Yoda out and he's he's got like fangs on, and then Christopher's like, like George. I didn't think you were going to do this to me. <laughs> like, and it's really funny. Like, if you it, The behind-the-scenes stuff for Attack of the Clones is gold when I tell you it's absolute gold. Uh, you know, Jamie and AJ know that because yeah. the, one, oh, the yeah. time I stayed over your house, we stayed up until like 3 a.m. watching behind-the-scenes Attack of the Clones stuff. We just got lost in this like whirlwind. Those DVDs are a wealth of knowledge. It is. They are. It's great. The behind-the-scenes and making of all of the prequel movies is absolutely insane because we have like the whole uh, the technology is changing and this was when the big like shift was from like real to digital there's still a lot of real going on but then overall it's just absolute chaos most of the time and the best part of all of them is just seeing rick mccallum lose his mind he's one of the producers and it's just like oh gosh <laughs> here we go again <laughs> you know um slowly his hairline goes back yeah <laughs> very slowly but there it goes you mentioned the the transfer from film to digital and uh mm-hmm. I want to speak to that real quick because especially when it comes to Lucas, we have a lot to thank him when it comes to that. Um, he yeah. he pushed for that for a long time uh, in the book, uh, In the Blink of an Eye by Walter Murch, who is a prolific editor on a bunch of really well-known movies, uh, Godfather series, Rosemary's Baby, uh, Cold Mountain, bunch of uh, like classics. Uh, he talked about how Lucas was instrumental in the push from uh, film to digital across the entire industry um he he had his uh, system called idroid which uh was his sort of like an early digital editor um he pushed for this idea where you could essentially edit the film in low def and then it would make all the edits in high def so they could save storage space but because they needed so much storage space it actually pushed the storage industry further and accelerated the growth of how much data we could store digitally uh, all because Lucas was so dead set on making this the norm. Oh yeah, he was he was integral to pushing towards digital. Unfortunately, that had a uh, an unintended side effect. When they re-released all the movies on 4K, they can never release Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith in 4K because the technology wasn't there. Right. And the digital the digital quote unquote film can't be upscaled to that resolution it can only remain in 2k it can never go past that that's a really great point yeah but then you if you think about it also just like also like the lasting impact uh if you ever watch any of the credits for any new like disney production all of it is like skywalker sound or something related to like lucasfilm with like visual effects usually so that's also two things yeah ilm and skywalker sound are on like so many projects that you wouldn't even think of that aren't even like disney related and it's like if you watch any action movie they're in the end they're in the credits skywalker sound i mean literally almost every movie is skywalker mm-hmm. sound it's nuts
let's talk about those uh let's talk about those pear butt uh animals that Anakin rides and then falls and gets hurt. Oh, on. the big pears oh, with legs. The big pears with legs. There's a lot of pear imagery in this in this movie. The pears with oh, legs, God, the, pear. the actual, the actual pear pears that he cuts for Padme, dude. This yeah. is a pear movie. That's how you know he's uh, capable of the dark side because the way he cuts his fruit. That's what, what is that? He cuts right through the core. He just cuts like the bottom. He cuts the ass off the pear and then feeds it to Padme like she wants pear ass. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to eat that. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Pear ass. It's like it's like taking it. the it's like picking up an apple and then taking a bite out of the bottom. Nobody does that. Psychopaths Savage. do that. Oh god. Oh my god. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> I cannot I cannot have a pair without thinking of that scene. Dude, same. Honestly, like that I Attack of the Clones has like linked itself to pairs in my mind. It's the weirdest thing. That movie <laughs> uh is the reason why I wish like I could I mean, who doesn't? But like floating around like the way he like Anakin just uses the force to just absentmindedly float things around like it, it kills me every time because that's exactly what i'd be doing i'd just be like oh yeah. Ooh, look at this look at me floating in it's like, yeah we saw that like eight times today and, and the day before that <laughs> um and that and when i'm on the highway and there's someone in front of me and they won't get out of my way and i'm not a tailgater i want to make that clear i always put two car lengths and between me and the person ahead of me i'm not, not going to be one of those people uh but <laughs> internally i'm just like with my with my hand i'm just like doing the obi-wan thing to Django, yeah and sometimes sometimes i catch it right and they move to the right and i'm like that's right that's right and then as you pass them they turn around and they say jedi poodle (laughs) it's the adult equivalent of of moving um uh, automatic doors definitely definitely (laughs) uh what was i had something oh yeah space gondola i love space gondola oh geez what the heck is up with space gondola that's literally like one of the spots we like almost stopped at when we were doing our rewatch because it was like the wide shot on Naboo and like everything looks beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And then I'm like, oh, the boat, the boat, the boat, the boat, the boat, the space boat, the gondola, here uh. it comes. And then they hit the cut <laughs> and it's it just looks so out of place. It looks like, so out of place. It's amazing. It looks like what one of like it? the cars from like Space Mountain. Like that. It looks like something you'd get in there except there's a big tail to it and it's just like... <laughs> Like, they understand, (laughs) you you understand that Naboo is supposed to be, like, space Italy, guys. You can make regular gondolas. Regular boats can exist. It's okay. That's, like, one thing that I find, like, interesting in general with, like, how all of the Star Wars stuff is, is you can be on a planet like Naboo where there is all this, like, classical architecture. And there obviously are, like, the spaceships and, like, droids and whatnot, but you feel like there should be also more, like, organic-looking things, like, regular-looking boats. They don't have to be, like... I don't know, regular looking boats. Like, it's one thing, I guess, um, in Mandalorian that they've done really well. Like, in season two, when they go to the planet with the Quarren, um, that, like, boat, that him, that that boat, that who? That ferry? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the ferry. So that ferry that Din Djarin and Baby are on, that looks so lived in, and it doesn't look too spacey. It looks like enough, because they have, like, all like the cargo and whatnot in there, but it looks like what a boat should look like. They didn't make it excessively chrome for no reason. Yeah. Which is One good. One could say uh, it's a dank ferry, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the fairy. worst today. Please. Some Absolute of you awful. I guess, in general, though, the motto of the prequels was the future is chrome, or the past is chrome. The fu- Yeah, the past is chrome. <laughs> oh. It's not even the future. 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 <laughs> You know what's a cool scene that I really, really liked as a kid, and I would get pumped every time it came on, was 
Anakin just going to find his mother and you know duel the duel the fates plays right mm, and yeah he's riding the he's riding the speeder across and it shows him meeting the jawas every trilogy has to have a sand crawler so there it is <laughs> i love that though because it shows like the progression of how it takes him like at least like a day or so to get there which is like really cool yeah and something that they kind of also again do in mandalorian in the first episode when he tries to go to mos pelgo yeah that's, it's like the full like day and a half true. to get there yeah, one thing that bothered me with um, I I like how they brought C three PO back because uh, you know like having left him behind and like we know he's supposed to be there in Episode one that he's supposed to be there later it's like oh well how mm, feel like he's got to come back and one thing that bothers me about this and uh, it's Star Wars I'm just going to preface that so like there's clearly <laughs> plenty of liberties to be taken uh, but. Why the heck doesn't Owen Lars recognize the most obnoxious and distinctive droid ever? He lives with C-3PO for like maybe six, seven years. Uh, however long it takes for Klieg to buy Shmi and, uh, and 3PO. Um, and, then, and then he loses him because Anakin takes him along. And then he comes back and he's yeah, the only difference is he's gold. But Owen yeah, has no that, recollection. That was enough. I know. That's same why. name, same well, hey. voice. <laughs> it's because he's gold. I don't know, man. I'd remember the I couldn't I recognize him with the red arm. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> this is, this is true. <laughs> the, the best part about this, though, in episode two, it needs to be said that Anakin and Padme just straight up steal 3PO from yep. the losses. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yep. what, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> obviously, the... like, Anakin made 3PO, but, like, the Lars are the ones, or Shmi is the one who owns 3PO, and, like, well, they're just going to straight up steal him, and it's just like, this is, there we go. <laughs> See, my, my thought, right, is that in episode four, when uh, Owen and Baru are so um, hesitant about telling Luke about his father, it's because it's not because they know he turned into Darth Vader, it's because he stole their droid, and they don't want him to take that path. Oh, that Anakin Skywalker, to... he's a droid stealer. He stole our droid. I'm not. I don't want to talk about him. I hate don't that become Anakin. like him. You know that that that's a good that's a good place to start. I like that. Yeah, like I that. that a lot. <laughs> and not only does he, not only does Anakin steal back his droid, he gives it to Padme as a wedding gift. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Right. How nice. Oh, but that that design for three PO is great. I remember I had a figure where you could like put all the little t- like shabby pieces of armor on oh, like yeah. naked three PO dude. Okay, one thing I have to talk about if it's Attack of the Clones is that this movie oh, is indelibly locked into my mind as the movie of like the the Star Wars of my childhood is Attack of the Clones because I'll never forget like the blue packaging, you know, at all the stores that my dad used to take me, me like begging for him to buy me two of every action figure. Like I have the most attack of the clones toys. Uh, and just, you know, the merchandising for that movie is just ingrained in my brain forever. Like there will never be uh, a more nostalgic thought in star Wars for me than just looking at that like striking blue packaging on the Attack of the Clones figures. That's how I felt about Episode One. Uh, like seeing yeah, Maul's same. face everywhere, uh, and like all the different toys that came out. Like, because for me, like I was nine, so I was so excited to to be aware and ready to go to a Star Wars movie in theaters. Um, and my favorite toy, and this I only bring this up because of like just acknowledging the times progressing as they do. Uh, for Christmas one year, I got like a a, a, a a mall probe droid that you put on a stand and they gave you a pretty legit 
qui-gon uh, uh lightsaber hilt and like a green thicker blade than you would get on like the attack of the clone style whip them out and ready to duel uh toy sabers that we could get uh for years and years to come um and it would like shoot foam discs and you'd have to deflect them and i remember that it was my, oh my favorite God. that that hilt alone like survived everything else because it just was so detailed i loved it um and then now uh you know in 2020 2021 um it's really cool that you know there's a virtual reality so you can just put on a mm. helmet and some 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 like controllers and you can hold a virtual lightsaber and do all that with like virtual stuff and it's like i remember as a kid dreaming of that being like that and x-wing versus tie fighter in vr both of which got answered in 2020 um and just like <laughs> seeing that like oh man someday i'll be able to do this with like virtual reality and uh took 20 years but we got there came full circle yeah, we it worked there. out worked out that's, yeah there you go do you guys remember the episode two serial please say yes <gasps> yes. yes i got it at oh. it was at it was at uh bj's uh the shiny like the, box the, the, like the wholesale market uh and i remember i knew i knew in my heart that i was being played for by uh marketing but i was like mom <laughs> we gotta get this oh, it was so good then it was like a big box with two bags of it so it was like a bulk of it <laughs> And it stayed for months because I didn't really like it very much. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I uh, had that? to commit. I had to commit. <laughs> and do you remember the puzzle pieces that came with like Frito-Lay chips? Okay. Yes. Those... Do you remember the lightsaber spoons that used to come in Ooh. cereal too? They, or they're just straight up lightsaber okay. pens. I would, the lightsaber oh, I would like. God. Lightsaber Gogurt. Yes. Wait, was that episode two? I believe so. I was doing some tidying today and I literally rediscovered the little Frito-Lay things that AJ poached from his parents' house and made their way with all of our belongings, and now they're just everywhere. And I'm like, oh, geez, here's all these random episode one things and then all these other episode two things just, like, scattered about. Um, Found that today, and then I also ended up finding the Zam Wessel figure that I got at Boston Fan Expo 2019, whatever the last one was, um, which we just, it was just one of the random vendors. So it's in the blue box and everything. And I'm terrified to take it out of the box. We usually take all our figures out for those kind of people. Um, I'm terrified to take it out because her arm actually like comes it's off. It's magnetic. I yeah, have that. But yeah. I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to like lose the arm if I take it out of the Doesn't box and then like, you know, too. move her around. So yeah, her, I think you so. can put the alien face yeah, on. Her she, face she, comes off, the arm comes off. She's she's a hot mess. But she's great though, <laughs> and I can tell you, twenty five years of owning that figure, or however long it's been, I haven't lost the arm or the face. So don't worry. Most they, they stick around. I don't, I don't know, know, Jamie. When I was a kid, I lost. Uh, I had Hero Luke in the Stormtroopers disguise, and I lost that helmet so quick. Jamie, did you have a question of the week for us? Did I have a question of the week? I have some trivia. I thought of. Ooh, Ooh, let's do yeah, trivia let's do first, trivia. and then we'll do yeah, question of the week. Okay, um, this one is actually uh, relevant. You guys will probably get this. I mean, come on, we're all we're all big old Star Wars honchos here. But um, <laughs> there are three, uh, there are four uh, people who show up in um, the bar that Zam Wessel is hiding in. Uh, who are they? Like actors? Okay. actors? I want actor, or if you can, like, if you're like, oh, it's this person who's in this, um, I'll accept Ahmed that too. Best. There are four people I'm looking for. I'm at best. Yep. I'm at best. Anthony, Anthony Daniels. Daniels. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Those are the two easy George ones. George Lucas' daughter. daughter. George there it is. daughter who checks out Anakin creepily. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, sorry. There's, I... And there's two more. There's two more who are linked. I'll give that as a hint. Huh. Okay. Linked. Like notable actors uh, in, in their it's own. It's not Elon Sleezbagano. Who we haven't or talked about. Or is yet. it? 
Who is it is who El- is it's Elon, Elon Sleesbagano? Who's that oh, actor? God, I don't know who Elon Sleesbagano is. Is that like is he, he related to This is a neat one and they only bring it up because there's another person there's another actor, uh essentially Mouse from um uh Matrix. He's he, that oh, that's wow. Mouse from the okay. Matrix. And the woman who played the lady in the red dress is there checking out Anakin. They're both wow. they're both in there. That's amazing. Isn't that so huh. cool? That is cool. I didn't know that's that. That's a funny little reference. Yeah. I mean, that's I guess great. it makes sense because the movies are made around the same time. So, yeah, you just get people to be in them. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I, I love that recently also we were doing like the rewatch with the, um they have like pod racing on, on the TVs in there, but it's literally like the Star Wars pod racer video game. It's yes. not like footage. It's not footage from the movie. No, it's a video game. That's what's up there. <laughs> I think I recognize that too. Cause anytime I saw like a game or something in, in a show, I was like, always like trying to identify it. Like, what is that game mm-hmm. actually? Did they make it up or what? Uh, I love that. <laughs> that game was my jam back in the day. I'm trying to think of some trivia. Uh, you, but... you have any more trivia or? Probably also a pretty easy one. Uh, who? What are the names of the three monsters that attack in the arena fight? Oh yeah, Ooh. that's that's the Nexu, the Reek, and the Ackley. Um, yes. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, man, that's that's sad. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I have two out of three of those as enamel pins. I think that's a little bit more sad. <laughs> I have the Nexu and the Reek as figures, and they're in that's, my. That's that's a little bit more sad. Display. <laughs> <They're> great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh, we haven't talked about how um, you guys were talking about like the bar in the beginning, but that was one of the random discussions okay. of figures that you wanted to get. They yes. literally have figure sets of the bar with obi-wan at the bar getting a drink and then elon sleeves bagano it comes in like a two set i have obi-wan with his drink and the bar and you can like display them and then there's like a section that like clicks and the the second click is like the second half of the bar with elon sleeves bagano it's awesome still looking for him i can't believe that's an actual figure i couldn't either and speaking of weird attack of the clone figures at Star Wars Celebration, I found a, a a Jango Fett figure that you can you could just pull his head off. It's magnetic. <laughs> I think that's so dark for a kid's toy. Well, Zam's arm comes. Behead off, your so. very own Jango Fett. As a kid, it's I didn't so notice funny. that his head shadow could be seen when his uh, buckets flying off. So, like the oh. whole time, Boba's like holding it. I'm like, is the head gonna fall out? Is the head gonna fall out? That's how it could fall out. Like as a kid, oh, that's no. all I could think of. <laughs> oh. oh god! God, I just looked that over. Horrifying. I just looked over at the TV, and I have Attack of the Clones on on mute, and it's the Yoda Dooku duel. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh boy. There's some really cool uh, ship designs. Um, I really like the solar barge that Dooku escapes in. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought that was really really neat. Um, that's a great design. It's the first time we see the Jedi Starfighter also, which is really cool. Yeah. Yep. And the with the hyperspace ring. And you can see the influences, how like all these are going to shape. Into, and you see it more so in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, but like how these ship designs inevitably morph into TIE Fighters. Like you can see it in the cockpit of the Jedi Starfighter. Like it has the same pattern that a TIE Fighter shell uh, front plate would if it yeah. was stretched yeah. out. Yeah, you're right. That is cool. Oh, an R4P17. Best droid. Oh, R4. Never forget. Oh. Never forget. Poor R4P17. What are we doing? And he gets murked. Obi-Wan Kenobi, care of the old folks home. Oh, oh yeah. We haven't oh. even mentioned that yet. Oh. That's a, okay. 
Wait, what? So, Jack, you don't know about this? Okay, so. This is the best piece of trivia. This is best. There's like, I mean, it's not really trivia. I mean, I just told you what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So this happens twice. Uh, So when Obi-Wan goes to uh, connect, I think it happens twice. He goes to connect with the Jedi Council or just in general to the Jedi Temple. He says to R4, he's like, R4, um, scramble code five to Coruscant, care of the old folks home. Does he Which really is the Jedi say Council. that? Yeah, yeah. The care c- of the old folks. Home. That's hilarious. Code for the Jedi Council is the old folks' home. That's How great yeah. is that? hysterical. The, it's said in this, <laughs> and then it's also said, um, AJ. What's the video game with Adi Galia? Oh, Jedi Starfighter. Adi yeah, Galia says it uh, to me. She, she refers to it as. Yeah, so she refers to it in that as well, which is really cool, just seen in something else. I, like, referenced that somewhere recently, and, like, you guys got that, but everyone else was like, huh? <laughs> what do you mean, care uh, of the old folks home? I'm going to have to hey, listen to that. with that, apparently. I'm going to have to listen to that back. The one last positive thing I want to say about episode two uh, is okay. that uh, I really appreciate getting to see R2-D2 walk upstairs. Because yeah. it is the, oh, yes. the cutest thing in the world, <laughs> and you just see him like, and BB-8 does a similar thing going downstairs in The Force Awakens mm. that just slays me every time because he's just going down with the head, up with the head, down. But R2's yep. just like I love it, and, and, and it's just and then kills and, me. and Anakin and Padme are just flooring it. They don't care yep. that he's he's struggling. He's sitting there going like, guys, can you wait up? Like, leave him in the dust. I'm I'm trying to climb these stairs, and they're out of there, dude. He has to catch up to them one step at a time. <laughs> So for the question of the week, uh, out of the blue, Grief Karga needs the protocol droid on Navarro to do something for an hour. So if somebody should teach the class for an hour, what subject would you be teaching the class on Navarro? Ooh. Probably something involving galactic history, especially the Old Republic. I think that the Old Republic is a mystery right now in canon, and I really like it that way. Uh, and I like piecing together all the little tidbits that they've given us in the extended you know, books and comics and stuff to like put together like a snapshot of what the old Republic was like. So that's probably my answer. Mm. All right. I'd probably, I don't know why. The first thing that came to mind was order 66 <laughs> teaching people about this. Or like the fall of the Jedi order. Yeah. Huh. Um, if I had to teach them anything, I would teach them about the inner workings of Gungan politics and why you should never <laughs> knock over uh, sacred ornaments and uh, and uh, you know what it what it takes to, to really be the boss NASA the best boss NASA that you can be. Yeah, people yeah. people really need to know about the no comebacky law. Very important. <laughs> oh, the no comebacky law. Come on. People need it's to important like stuff. You have I to respect it. Gungan culture. I absolutely love it. I didn't really think of an answer myself, but I guess if I had to come up with an answer, it would be something with um something with plotting star maps and just like travel in general of how to navigate your way properly. So not necessarily galaxy geography, but something in which how to interpret those things correctly. Because that's just always super interesting to me. It's just all of the spatial awareness of the galaxy. Yeah, something like startography. Yeah, startography. Why not? I think Obi Wan like would have to take that class. <laughs> yeah, he would. He definitely would. We had a wonderful time talking to you guys about Attack of the Clones, even though it sounds like sometimes we were just like, you know, listing off all the weird parts. But that's what happens when you pull apart a Star Wars movie. Whatever, it's gonna happen. I want to thank our guest Jack for joining us today. Now, Jack, where can we follow you on social media? You can follow me at Rosinante Cosplay on Instagram or Rosinante One Five Two if you want to watch games on Twitch. 
And then I also want to thank my co-hosts as always, AJ and Matt. My name is Jamie. You can follow us on Twitter at Holland Up Marauder. Follow us on Instagram at Holland Up Marauders. And then you can also check out our blog, hollandupmarauders.com. And then if you're so inclined, check out our Patreon to search for Holland Up Marauders. Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. <laughs>